Listening Dog Media. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. The Hot Mess Mum. The mum most likely to send her kids to school in regular clothes on non-school uniform day. The mum who forgets to sign the permission slip for school trips. The mum who has probably put leftovers in her kids' lunchbox on more than one occasion. But most importantly, the Hot Mess Mum is actually rocking it and is doing a far better job than even she thinks. Please welcome our Hot Mess Mums, telling it as it is, Kelly and Jenny Powell. Welcome, this is the Hot Mess Mums podcast and I'm Jenny Powell. And I'm Kelly Pegg. Uh, Our guest today is mum of three. Uh, She's changing women's lives everywhere uh, with what she is doing. She's a host of the UK's number one podcast for self-development, Law of Attraction Changed My Life. Uh, It is the incredible Francesca Amber. Hello, welcome along. Hello, I'm so excited to be here. I love talking about anything to do with motherhood, so I'm here for it. In a good way. I love it. By the way, you know, sometimes we're negative, sometimes we're positive, but we're honest. That's the main thing, Francesca. You can be as honest as you like on this podcast. (laughs) Thank God. Our listeners are very... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so you just feel free. We are working with Kuka throughout this series to show you how having one of their incredible taps in your home can save you time, energy and water. Their practical Flex, Fusion and Nordic Taps look stylish in any kitchen and you can see how we use ours over on our Instagram page at Hot Mess Mums. For more information, visit kuka.co.uk, spelt Q-U-O-O-K-E-R. I'm intrigued, or I mean, obviously we're going to talk about family and being mums, etc. But also this whole law of attraction, which is something that I introduced to my eldest daughter's life uh, back in her sort of early teens, has certainly paid off. From sort of like what? really passing a driving test when That's she did so her A levels, she used to she had she written down I will get three A stars, I will get three A stars, and she stuck them all over the house. And like my mom tried to take them off, she said, don't take my don't take my manifestations off, don't take those off, and uh, yeah, it all came true. Of course oh, it did. Yeah. Of course. Uh, and I even find it's filtered through to my youngest, Pollyanna, who's 13 now. And if I look on her bedside table, she will have, you know, she'll sort of repeat the same line over and over again, her, her sort of law of attraction, which might be, my hamster will live long, my hamster will live long. You know, that's, and, and by George, you know, still here for a hamster in our house. That's not bad. 
So there you go. I'm a believer. There you go. And that's incredible. It's so exciting for me how this is going to filter down. This generation is now going to filter down to our children and our children are going to be empowered. And that's the thing is that not for everyone, law of attraction isn't about manifesting a yacht or a mansion. For a 13-year-old, it's about your hamster living past Christmas. (laughs) Or, you know, for a single mum, it's about having a healthy co-parenting relationship or enough financial freedom to take your children on holiday. And that's what I think makes me a little bit different is that's the kind of stuff that real people want to manifest and makes the real difference in our lives and so yeah that's exciting I love that Mm, it is it's just something I think we should sort of like kick off with because I you know something I believed in anyway but you know to to recognize that you know the earlier that we get the the kids doing this the better yeah, I think I introduced Connie to um, The Secret. I mean, you know, it's a bit of a cliche, but, you know, we went down that road a bit, came out the other end. Don't we all? <laughs> been, uh, we all go down that been, secret we've road. We've been down a few roads, me and you, Francesca, I know. But, um, yeah, it's been interesting. And a single mum as well, three daughters. So uh, it's funny because I was trying to think, cause, see, I've got a fiancé, but he's not the father of my kids, but I still feel like a single mum. That's right, isn't it? Okay, interesting. Um, I guess at the end of the day, like you are the one that is ultimately responsible for them. I guess it's if you, it's hard, yeah. isn't it? Like I can never get to that place of like sharing a mortgage with somebody or even sharing an electricity bill or sharing anything. So I think it depends if you are the kind of person that can fully let go and you share a house together and you're married, then I don't know. Are you a single parent? I'm not sure. But then, yeah, this bitch is all on her own. I've got nobody. <laughs> I'm on my, and do you know what? That doesn't annoy me, but some people do say to me, somebody at a baby group the other day said, and I get this all the time, say, well, I'm virtually a single mum because my husband's out of work all day. And I'm oh, like, no, no, you have no idea. You don't get to say that. No. You don't get to say, that's actually very, very rude because while your husband is out working all day, he's probably taking care of the bills, the mortgage, a lot of the admin that goes with that. When you're a single mum, when I'm sitting trying to be present with my daughters, I'm also in the back of my head thinking everything's, I get no financial support from anybody, nobody. Mm-hmm. And so not even the dads. So I have to be thinking of that as well. And, and it's even things like if my fence breaks, I have to fix that shit or pay someone to fix it and organize it. I don't have a husband. So Mm. a lot of people do say, oh, I'm like a single mum or I'm a single mum Monday to Friday. Bitch, no, you're not. (laughs) Stop saying that because I have no sympathy for you. If you have a husband out working for your family, you are not a single mum. Okay. I get really angry. Oh, yeah. Very angry. Yeah, good. (laughs) (laughs) No, but people do say it and and it's very, it's very offensive, isn't it? You must, so you've been a single mum, Jenny, haven't you? Yeah, since my my youngest was uh, 10 weeks old and my eldest was about eight. Yeah, so I, yeah. You were in the trenches. I was in the trenches, yeah, full on. I had to sort of like move out of two houses. One was abroad. I just did it all. Yeah, you kind of, yeah, you do the pink and blue jobs, don't you? People must have said to you, didn't they? Like, oh, I feel like a single mum. I know what it's like. Dave's at work all day. Fuck Dave. Not so clear. <laughs> Fuck Dave. <laughs> oh, um, obviously you went, you've got your, you've got three children, but you're, you're, you've got twins as well, which is enormous, you know, juggling all of that. And I know we're talking about offensive things people say at baby groups, which uh, I think we could, God, there's a list I can remember from when my daughter was, uh, and nothing to do with single parenting, but other stuff where I just wanted to punch them in the face. <laughs> For you, being in that, obviously you're a very determined person though, because look at your how successful you are. So you've got, like Jenny, that grit 
that drive. And I know that Jenny won't mind me saying this because we talk about this a lot, but Jenny's very, very independent. Yeah. Uh, no one does anything for her. She won't let them even no. now. And she's been with Martin a long time. Are you a similar? Do you think, you know, even if you did meet someone down the line, you would still be because you've managed to do all of this and, and be amazing with it? Yeah. And I think this is actually something I'm actively working on is I am super, super independent. I don't like to let anyone into my life in a romantic kind of setting, because I think when you've experienced that and, and having to do everything by yourself, it's a massive risk to give that up, to let somebody in only to be potentially disappointed again or to be taken advantage of. And, and also there's a big thing with single mothers, I think, that people don't talk about very much, which is that it's this hard um, balance of somebody said to me once, they were like, oh my God, I saw this girl, I had a picture on Tinder and she had her children in the picture. And I was like, yeah, that's weird. I said, but I do understand why people want to say straight off the bat, I have children. I am a mother because I think you need to be honest about that. But then you also need to think there could be people out there that are predators that are looking for single mums who have young daughters or young children in general. And so that's another thing that comes into my mind all the time, along with everything else is like, is it worth the risk of having someone come into your life who we all see the stories all the time of, I thought he was a lovely guy. I've known him for 10 years. I never would have imagined this would happen. And there's just so many things being a single mom and trying to date and let someone into your life and letting people help you is incredibly difficult and we just did a book I do a book club where every month we have a new self-development book and we've just done one called uh, do less which is all about syncing your cycle with the moon it's about energy and time management for busy mums and part of that was accepting and receiving help and quite a lot of us are very very closed off to accepting and receiving help and I read that chapter and I was like oh my god that is me like that is me. And I remember when I was very first breaking up with my husband, I went to an NCT meetup with all of the people that we'd met when we had our first daughter. That was very triggering in and of itself, you know, sitting there with couples with them being like, oh, as soon as Dave gets home from work, I just pass her over. And I'm like, I don't get to do that anymore. So that was triggering already. And then I remember it was an Alexandra Palace in London. And I had to lift this pushchair down about 20 steps. And this man tried to say to me, oh, I'll help you. And I was like, I do not need help. A completely unwarranted reaction. Mm. I was like, I do not need help. And I should have just accepted Mm. the help. It was a stranger saying, I'll help you lift your newborn down. But it was already from that point. I was like, don't need help. I can do it by myself. And I think a big part of that is you think, well, if I accept help from a stranger now, what happens when I am on my own by some steps and I can't do it by myself? And so you just have this thing where you're like, I can do it all by myself. I will do it all by myself. And I don't need nobody, which is not a healthy attitude to have. I'm like, oh, Francesca, you are so resonating with Miss Powell today. Oh, I've just had the word. Well, no, not good. Martin's absolutely lovely, my other half, but I just don't let him do anything. And that's where we're falling out all the time. He says, you will not let me do a thing with the children and it's it's really bad and just you saying about that book called do less he says you do everything and I'm here and you don't use me you know and you should and then you get resentful and then you sort of like have that attitude of no well I have to do everything and it's actually well no it's because you've said you want to do everything Oh, you're in the cycle, Jenny. You're in the cycle. You I'm need so glad you need to read that book. <laughs> I've written it down twice. I've got an asterisk by it now. <laughs> write it down again. We talk yeah. about this a lot, <laughs> though, don't we? Because of how independent yeah. you are, and mm. you know, and I imagine for any of the mums that are listening to us as single mums, they will absolutely resonate with this because when you've been very badly hurt by someone who you've shared a lot with, it changes, doesn't it? Then you've got kids and you are on your own. 
like you said, Francesca, well, okay, well, I can let that person do that for me. But what about the time when there is no one there? But I think as well, it's not just single mums. I think I know a lot of people that are married or in relationships and they feel like they do the absolute lion's share. And then they have super resentment against their partner because it's completely unjust. And I remember, have you seen, um, there's a documentary on Netflix called The Motherhood Penalty. I'm pretty sure that's what it's called. It's like how things work. It's one of those series. And it blew my mind. And it was like, like how women just take on so much extra workhorse stuff. And so because of that, we don't get to build our financial coffers. We don't get to advance our career as much as our partner. We don't get to work on our social life. We don't get to work on ourselves. And so if 10 years down the line, you and your partner do break up, your partner is way ahead of what you are because you have taken all of this time and energy and space raising your children, which of course we want to do. But there are so many ways that partners can support us without doing the direct caregiving as such. Like I remember when both times my babies were newborns, partners had a little bit of funniness towards breastfeeding. And I remember my husband saying to me, I just really wish that you'd express and put it in a bottle or get, let me give a formula so that I could feed her. And I'm like, there are so many things that you can do to support me that don't include feeding my baby that biologically I am supposed to do. You can take the bins out, you can clean the kitchen, you can change nappies. There are so many things that you can do. And I just think, yeah, this motherhood penalty thing, it really, really made me realize like, wow, we take on so much. And this is people in marriage, in marriage, you know like not single mums and that's I think kind of what my USP is with my channel is there are so many women that are letting years slip them by and they are not working on their goals they're not working on their self-development they are not working on themselves and their careers or whatever they want to do and the main reason is is because we are so busy looking after every other fucker in our house we're looking after everyone and so that's kind of what a lot of the books I was reading about law of attraction, it was like, get up at 5am and spend an hour meditating. We ain't got time for that shit. I know. You know, write your gratitude list every morning. Try doing that when twins are like trying to tear your tits off. You cannot do that. So like, I just try and find things that we can slot into our yeah. lives really like easily. practically that are actually doable. Yeah. That take no extra time or energy. That's kind of my goal is so mums can fit it in no matter what your circumstances. So for anyone listening that, that maybe has not heard of the law of attraction or how that works or manifestation, because I know women that are really down with this, you know, explain a little bit more about that, Francesca, and how it does work. So the law of attraction and manifesting is just realising that you can be the architect of your own life. And so many of us walk through our lives, me included, thinking things happen to us. Situations come and things happen and we have no control over things. And that's not true at all. We actually attract a lot of the circumstances, events and people into our lives. And if people have had horrific events happen, a lot of people have a lot of resistance to that and say, there's no way that I attracted a partner that would abuse me. There's no way I would attract someone that cheated on me. But the reality is, is that we do attract these things through things we learn in our childhood, through things, beliefs that we pick up throughout our lives. And so the law of attraction is incredible because number one, it's free. Anyone can teach themselves it. You can get a book from a goddamn library if anyone has those anymore thank you Tories for taking those away um but you can get a book you can listen to a podcast for free you can you know you can follow someone on Instagram who you resonate with about the law of attraction and you can take that moment and decide I'm going to change my life today for me and actually for mums what I often say is we feel so bad about doing things for ourselves. If you feel you don't have enough self-love to do something for yourself, do it for your children. Do it so you can be a more present mother for your children. Do it so that when they grow up, you can be a good role model. You can answer questions. That is what 
we can kind of start from. If you're not at a point where you can say, but I deserve time and energy to spend on myself, tell yourself a lie. Say, I'm not doing it for myself. I'm doing it for my children. And I promise you, if you dedicate time to yourself, you will be a better mother. You will, 100%. Um, so anyway, that wasn't really the question, was it? Uh, law of attraction. <laughs> yeah, it's just manifesting whatever you want. And you can create whatever circumstances or events or people that you want to bring into your life. You just bring it in. And it's miraculous the shit I've manifested is miraculous I love it yeah because it really has you know in your own personal experience you know there's been a few things that like extremely significant things that that you've manifested for yourself to you know to make things happen um for you isn't there yeah there's I think that's how people first started to hear me is I put um I put a picture of a man on a vision board. It's slightly still grey, but I went on an online dating website and I saw this man that was like six foot nine. He was by a yacht. I was like, yes. And he never, ever responded to my message. He was like long gone. And then two and a half years later, my friend sets me up on a blind date and it's with this man and we get married six months later. And it's like, that it's the same person. He hadn't changed his profile picture in three years. He still never changes his profile picture. And I was like, oh my God, like, yeah, so that was wild. Certain things that I, another one people talk about a lot is I, I don't know if I changed the gender of my twins, but I certainly manifested the gender of my daughters because I grew up, me and my sister grew up thinking we could not have boys because we had this weird family history. Boys tended to die very young. There was a lot of muscular dystrophy. We thought that we couldn't have them. So I grew up with this limiting belief. We cannot have boys. We can't have boys. My sister's gone on to have three healthy boys, but that's what we grew up with. And so I'd already had my daughter, desperately wanted a sister for her, found out I was having twins, absolutely devastated. That's a whole other thing. Multiple birth grief is a real thing. Um, oh, it's, we'll it's talk deep. about that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, and I had that early DNA test to tell if you had any syndromes or whatever, and also the gender. And the lady phoned me and said, good news, there's no syndromes. You're having either one or two boys. We can't tell because it's two sacks. So it could be one, but there's definitely one boy, but it's one or two boys. And I was like, okay, cool. Bye. I had a nervous breakdown for 24 hours. I was mid pandemic, mid lockdown, pregnancy hormones, imagining myself standing in a wet football field for the next 10 years of my life. I was devastated. And also my sister is the greatest blessing in my life. And I wanted that for my daughter and the thought of her having two brothers as dev. So anyway, I literally spent 24 hours crying. And I know some people will be like first world woes, but let me live my life. Okay. That was what I wanted. And there was a moment where I was sitting there at dinner crying and my daughter was looking at me and I thought, I can't do this. I can't sit here crying in a lockdown. She's already lost school. She's already lost all her normality. And I sat and I wrote a gratitude list of everything I was thankful for in this situation. I was so thankful that I already had a daughter. My first child was a daughter who I love. I'm so thankful that I can have children. I'm so thankful I've got one or two healthy baby boys. I'm so thankful that I have a roof over my head. I wrote a list about everything. And you know what? I took her up to bed, gave her a bath. So we were up there for about two hours and I came downstairs and I'll remember this. It's like it's a movie of my life. I came downstairs and there was 14 missed calls on my phone. And I was like, that's unusual. I looked and it was all from this clinic. And I phoned her back straight away. And she's like, I'm so, so sorry. She said, my mum is going through cancer. She's, she's dying. I'm all over the place. When I gave you your results, it was actually wrong. Don't worry. There's no syndromes or anything, but you're having two girls. And I nearly fell to the floor because I was just like, there's moments like that where you're like, this shit works. This shit works. I don't know what else to tell you. It works. And I have three daughters and I get to dress them matching in little dresses and I'm living my best life. (laughs) Can I just say for as long as they'll let you. (laughs) 
Well, yeah, no, it's already stopping. <laughs> and also I have that thing about, oh, I just want girls because I don't want to be that person on a Saturday morning pitch side. But yeah, Pollyanna, what's her oh, biggest no. passion? <laughs> Football. Just to warn you, but don't freak, don't freak, don't freak just yet. But wow. Uh, um, I think, you know, when you look into this, um, the, the, the law of attraction, of course, it is all about energy, isn't it? Yeah. It's all about energy. It's being on whatever vibration you're on. And there's a great experiment for anybody listening that is very, very new to this. There's a great experiment you can do. It's called your reticular activating system. So if I say to you today, anyone listening, you are going to see an abundance of brown cars. Brown, like who would buy a brown car? Who? It's an ugly color. Why would you buy a brown car? And you'd be like, Fran, I never see a brown car. I'm telling you, your listeners will be DMing you saying, I've seen 10 brown cars today. I do it with brown and I do it with green. You listen today, after you listen to this podcast, you will go and see an abundance of brown. And it's like when you go to buy a car and you say, I want to buy a Range Rover or whatever. All of a sudden you see Range Rovers everywhere. That is your reticular activated system. You are seeing millions of things a day. There are infinite possibilities around you, but your brain can't pack that all into your storyboard. And so our brain picks out certain things that relate to our life story. So if I go through life saying, all men are dogs, all men are shitty, there is actually an abundance of men out there. But the only ones that my brain will filter out, much like the brown cars or the Range Rovers, will be men that are shitty. I won't see the men that are acting nice and that are kind and are courteous. I will see the ones that ghost you and are dicks. And that is how manifesting starts to work is that all of the opportunities are there around you. They're all already there. You don't have to attract them to you. They're already there. It's picking out which ones fit into your storyboard of your life. So if I go through life telling myself a story, which I have, that I'm an independent single woman, that is exactly the story that will keep showing up. But if I do the work, and it is work, if I start to tell myself, actually, why do I believe these things? Why do, why do I have to be this independent woman? And for me, sometimes even knowing the origin of the story, for me, my mum and dad's marriage was not very happy. I didn't enjoy it. As soon as he left, my mum suddenly got this whole social circle. She went out with all these other single mums who were party. She suddenly turned into a woman I didn't recognise. And she had all these friends and she would go out. And for me, in my little childhood brain, it's like being with a partner, sad and at home and no friends. Being single, you suddenly have this big girl group and you go out and your children are happy and everyone's living their best lives. Now, even at 37 years old, I have to fight daily against that story I'm telling myself. And I have to tell myself there are people that are in happy relationships, but it's it's work. Yeah, it's work. Yeah, it, but is. it works. I think that's it. it. And I think people that naturally, they just want things to happen. It's almost like a laziness, you know, because it's effort, you know, to, yeah. to manifest, to be honest. You know, you can't just let things happen. No, and there are layers to it. There's certainly things where you can say, when you start to look into this, you can say, right, I want to manifest as a sign from the universe, a, a yellow butterfly in the next 24 hours. And it's really magical to do things like that because they'll come in the most extraordinary places. You'll be reading your child a book and there'll be a big yellow butterfly and you're like, I've never seen that before. And there's a big yellow butterfly. So you can make this happen. but when you get to a certain level of manifesting and really living your best life, I don't think that's a technical term, um, you get to a layer where you have to do the work. You have to work on your blockages. You have to really, and it's uncomfortable and it's horrible. I feel very safe being single for the rest of my life. I can afford a house by myself. Me and my children are happy. But is that really living my true full potential? No. So I have to do that horrible work of going through all this past, but it's worth it. It will be worth it when I meet my soulmate. <laughs> 
The Hot Mess Mums, Kelly Pegg with Jenny Powell. We are working with KUKA throughout this series to show you how having one of their incredible taps in your home can save you time. The kitchen is mad busy all the time with the kids and my daughter loves pasta dishes. And so for that, it's amazing. She comes home, looks forward to using it. She's cooking, doing her own pasta. It's incredible. When her friends come round, she's like, I've got to show you my mum's new tap. Come on. Let me show you. Our Hot Mess Mums, telling it like it is, Kelly Pegg with Jenny Powell. The stuff you talk about with the childhood, the way your brain's wired when you're younger and the triggers that come back later, I think that is something that's very relatable. And I think there's lots of people that do do go through that. When, When you talk about attracting certain people into your life, and how people are drawn together and and all sorts of things. I've learned quite a lot in the last year, but I definitely think there is something it, it does. There's a, sometimes it's almost like a trauma. Actually, things come back when you're older, and you and then you start doing the work because then you do realise, okay, this this has happened, but this relates to how things were when I was young and how I saw things and how I see myself. And it it is quite complicated, I think, all of that stuff, but I think it's fascinating. And I think there's people that are really open to learning and doing that work and understanding it. And I think there are people that carry on making the same mistakes and will never change. But it's something that I've definitely gone through this last year with, with certain things. And when you talk about the seeing things, as well that really resonates with me so I was going through something with somebody and it was really painful and I kept seeing their name on signs of roads so I'd be driving home from work and their name would be like um you know such and such avenue and I'd be like are you kidding me and then the next day somewhere else and the same thing because I was thinking all the time about that situation and I couldn't let go. I couldn't let go of that person. I couldn't let go of what was going on. No, but that is a prime example of that. You know, if you, you're looking for it, it's at the forefront of your mind. Those road signs were always there before. And if you turn that and yeah. said, actually, I'm going to turn this and intentionally start to think something, i.e. I'm going to be the UK's number one podcaster, you would then start to see opportunities rather than seeing, oh, that's an annoying email from that person that wants to be a guest or whatever. You'd start to be, actually, these are opportunities for me to become the UK's biggest podcaster. So exactly that, what you're saying is how we can turn it from unintentionally experiencing the law of attraction and that whole reticular activator system and actually intentionally being like, right, I know this works. Let's actually use it to my good now. So there are sort of like, you know, there there are specific techniques, would you say? I mean, I don't know what to call them, but there are, you know, it's not just really a case of uh, writing things down 10 times or is it? Um, I think the number one thing is just uh, consistency consistency in anything and you will know this doing a podcast how many people say they're starting a podcast and they do two weeks and then they don't record for a month and then they do like if anything if you're consistent every single week because it's hard work it is and especially you guys because you film it so you've got to be like ready the thing I love about podcasts is no one can see my face I just look like a troll when I'm doing (laughs) it but yeah like consistency with anything so many people will message me and say oh my god I've discovered your podcast I've started counting my blessings in the morning I've started doing this but then I fell off the bandwagon and it's like they they fully acknowledge it did work for a period of time and then they fell off the bandwagon. And it's just realizing that once you start to have results with the law of attraction, you will quickly realize that it has to become 
pretty much the number one priority in your life because without it, I am poor. Without it, I don't have freedom. Without it, I have troubled relationships. Without it, I'm not a good mother. So actually, a lot of people will say, oh, my children are my number one priority. No, for me, my self-development and my connection to the universe and doing this work is my number one priority because without it, we have a really shit quality of life. So um, consistency, that's it. And don't overthink it. Like different things work for different people. But like I said, my kind of stuff is I recognize that people are busy, like mums. I have a lot of mums that listen to me. And I had, do you know Emma Mumford, the the spiritual queen? Mm -hmm. She came on. I love her. And she was talking about her morning ritual. And she was like, oh, my God, since I got a dog, I just don't have the time to do the morning rituals I used to do. And I thought, fuck me, a dog. With all due respect, love and light to you, Emma, but like a dog. And I just thought if she's finding it hard with the dog, and yeah, you've got to get up, you've got to feed it, you've got to walk it. Me with three children, how the hell are me and other mums supposed to fit this stuff in? And the reality is if you don't prioritise it, it is going to fall in your priorities. It's not going to fit in, is it? It's not going to fit in. You're going to prioritise cleaning the clothes and cleaning out the car and taking the bins out over your own life. That is the reality of what's going to happen. And so that's when I realised I have to kind of change my... USB here to be like what fits into mum's life so one of the biggest things that I've done that is hugely popular it's gone way beyond my expectations is I created a series of subliminals so these are simply affirmations that I say multiple multiple times for over an hour and then you lay a track over the top so you can't actually hear it you can't hear me saying it but they're there your subconscious mind hears it um so you can play them if you're working in a salon, you can play them at home. People won't hear like, you are a beautiful woman. Like they won't hear that. It's not cringy. Um, and things like that are a great example of if you don't have the time to write your list of affirmations every morning, if you don't have the time to say them in front of a mirror, God knows who does, you can just put those subliminals on. I have perfect health ones playing every morning while I'm feeding my children breakfast. So as they're eating, they are hearing Every cell in your body is renewing itself to be healthier every day. Every day I get stronger. Every day, the food I eat is making making me stronger. Do you know what I mean? Like that wasn't a great example of the affirmations on there, but that is an example of how that doesn't take me any extra time or energy. And yet doing that cumulatively over a length of time has a huge effect. It has a huge effect. Um, So that's what I like to do is just things that take no extra time. Things like decluttering your home not only your possessions, but decluttering things in your life. Is there a friend that's always like, oh, we should meet up and you're thinking, oh God, I don't want to. Decluttering people, that sounds savage. Decluttering situations. Are you head of the PTA and actually it doesn't bring you any joy and you're like, I don't need this shit in my life. Decluttering things out of your life will mean that you have the time, space and energy for the things that really matter. And that is working on yourself and working on your self-development and your life. And that's the most important thing. How did you discover this way of living? How, how you know, what was your, you know, for, for like my Connie, obviously I gave her this book and that was it. And now she does it without me even, you know, mentioning it. But how, how did you discover um, the, the wonder that is the law of attraction? Guess what? The secret. <laughs> it was also the secret. Everyone discovered it in the mid-noughties from the secret. I yeah. think so, yeah. But that's, you know, that's, it, it did, it did a service, didn't it? It, it really did. did. God bless it, Rhonda Byrne. Like she has I taken know. that shit to the masses and that's amazing. Mm. I used to, do you know what? When I was in my twenties, I used to get copies of The Secret. Every time I saw them in like a charity shop or, or anywhere, I would buy them and I'd leave them on the tube. I'd just leave them random places and I'd write a note in the front saying, if you found this, 
you need to read this shit. Like it's going to change your life. A bit like a evangelist, like on Oxford Street, you know, the sign saying Jesus is yeah, coming. Yeah. That was me. Yeah. But with a book. <laughs> <laughs> interesting. Interesting. It is. It, it's a, it's a godsend, that little book. It was a, just definitely a good way to start anyway. Um, can I just ask, though, you, I know we're digressing, but what, what were you saying about the multiple birth grief? I've never heard of that, by the way. Oh, that is, that's a real thing. And it's, it kind of comes under the same thing as gender disappointment, which a lot of people feel like they don't like to talk about. Ah, um, but it's okay. a real thing. I have a lot of people privately message me saying, I feel like I can't say this out loud, but like there is a real yeah. thing about gender disappointment. But multiple birth grief is a real thing and it's hard to find resources my ultimate thing is I'd love to write a book about this in the future Mm. um but when you think you are having a baby to find out you're having more than one is can be for a lot of people I've discovered devastating when I found out they said to me I thought I was having a miscarriage and I went into hospital for a scan and the lady was like okay, I've got something to tell you. There's two heartbeats. And I was like, you better tell me that's a baby with two hearts because I can't cope with what? And I was devastated. And I remember phoning my sister and she just laughed and she's like, oh, I thought you were going to say that the baby was dead. And I was like, I'm devastated. And it was only once I joined a couple of like twin groups online and I felt safe to say, did anyone else feel really devastated? And I was flooded with responses saying, yes. And it's wild, but you grieve that baby you thought you were going to have. You grieve that, you know, my first baby, Bohemia, I took her to Australia at six months old. You know, I stuck her in a sling and I took her everywhere with me. My life was incredible. And my my maternity experience with her was incredible. And I did a lot of attachment parenting with her. And all of a sudden, all those things that you know for sure, I can breastfeed, I can baby wear, I can co-sleep. All of those things are ripped from you. You can't co-sleep with twins the same way that you can co-sleep with a sink because you can't turn your back on. It's very, very difficult. I didn't even know if I could breastfeed twins. Of course you can. I know that now. But like wearing them in a sling, incredibly difficult. I spent hundreds of pounds on different ones. It wasn't until they got to six months older and I could have one on the front, one on the back, that I could really do it safely. So all of these things are taken from you. It's little things like we went to see Santa like for their first Christmas Santa experience. I can only hold one baby. So my poor brother-in-law is standing in the corner holding my child, who I would love to have that first experience with. And you don't get to have that. There's so many things that are taken from you. And it's never talked about in like the public thing. It's never talked about. And even things like no memories. So I have a lot of memories that I don't know which baby it was. So you could have this beautiful moment where you're standing with a baby in a sling and you're watching a sunset or something. I don't know what fucking baby that was. I don't know who it was. There's pictures where I look back and I don't know which baby it was. And it's it's a real thing that is not talked about. It's not and, talked about, is it? And it's something maybe, do you know what? You should do it. Yeah. I mean, I've got no extra time right now. <laughs> no, but... But it is yeah. something. Speaking... I have a twin mum friend that lives on the next street to me and we met during lockdown, which was incredible because we both had twins a couple of weeks apart and Mm. all we could do when our babies were newborns was walk around our village and this will sound wild to anyone listening to this in 10 years' time, but you weren't even allowed to stop at a bench and chat because that was illegal. You weren't allowed to congregate and so we used to walk around a wet and rainy village with these four newborns and we just said things like, there's things that people won't understand. I can't take my children swimming lessons because there's two of them. 
and there's one of me. So I have to pay yeah. for David Lloyd because it's the only private club that will let you take two under two. Me and my sister booked a holiday to like a holiday park. We had to cancel it three days before because the swim ratios would not allow me to take my children into a pool because I have two under two. And so there's just things that are taken from you. Being able to lay on a sofa snuggling your baby. You can't do that shit because you've got another baby crying and screaming. I can't co-sleep with them. They fight over it. It's a grief. And there are people that have IVF and, and infertility that will, will not understand that and that will say, how dare you say that? You've been so blessed with two babies. But everyone's grief is their own. And there is a grief for not having that single baby experience. And do you know what? I know people with triplets and quads and uh, thoughts and prayers to them because I don't know how they do it. But it is hard and it's a real thing. That's what I'd like to know. It is a real thing. I just think that it's great that you talk about it because the, the thing is that you're saying that pe- we're saying people haven't heard of this and I hadn't heard of this either, is that we as we are just so worried because everyone's got an opinion. Like you said there, there'll be people that will say, I have no right. You absolutely do because th- these are your feelings and this is your journey. And it outrages me because as women, we have to support each other. And if, you, if we can't talk about it, if we feel like we can't, we're keeping it all in. And that's no good for us. But also, Francesca, there'll be other mums listening to this that will know what you're talking yeah. about and will be glad that you're talking about it. I've never heard anyone talk about I it, I think really. as well, what's magnified it, of course, is the fact that as a single mother, you know, because maybe the blow is softened, obviously, if your husband, you know, the father of children's there to take, you know, the other child and do those things. It, it, I mean, it's not the same, but... It, for that for the mother but it, it kind of compensates a, a bit so for you I think that must have been uh made it much harder and also the fact that you know we're in this ridiculous scenario a couple of years ago which I yeah. still can't quite believe which infuriates me to the point of I just you know well put yeah. it this way I can't watch I'm a celebrity Oh, no. I mean, I can't watch <laughs> but it anyway. that's another but... <laughs> conversation. That's another yeah. conversation. That, that makes um, me very angry, that whole lockdown, you know. To, they always say to new mothers, like, you need to stay connected. You need to not just stay in at home. I was in a house all winter with three children by myself. And that, I talk about this on my podcast. I'm pretty sure I've got PTSD from it. I'm pretty mm, sure absolutely. I had postnatal depression that was never oh, diagnosed yeah. because no fucker yeah. cared about me. Like as soon as the babies were out, no one cared. No one, no one came to yeah. see me. And it's, yeah, it's anyone that went through that, whether you had one baby or five, like going mm. through that in a lockdown on your own was absolutely savage. Oh, it'll, be ne- oh. it'll never be mentioned ever. It'll never be talked about. It will never be recognized. And it's infuriating. It's absolutely criminal what what they've done, and um, you'll never get that especially to these. Never get it back, and you know, for I, my heart goes out to all our mums who, you know, during these um, times when you were locked in, it's ridiculous like that um, with your children um, and not looked after and not considered at all. Um, I just, uh, you know, I think I think Francesca, you're you know, just a visualisation as well of you walking through the village, you know, thinking you can't sit on a bloody park bench. Yeah, we stopped to talk to another mum and she said we better disband because someone might put it on the village Facebook group that there's three people stopping and talking. Like, that's the time we were living in. 
Yeah. I mean, how yeah. crazy. But I know. I know. And that's bound to have ramifications and effects later on on you. You know, you would be abnormal if it didn't. I mean, you know, I've got a friend who had a baby in lockdown and she's married, but their first child was very, very poorly. And so when they had their second, there was a lot of concern over whether this child would have what the first child had. And because they were in lockdown, they didn't get that medical appointments and all of that. And I and I can see how it's affected her and how she feels about herself. And that's not even in the same sphere as what you went through. So, you know, my God, to expect to be here now and not to feel anything, you know, is no, that's yeah. not going to happen. There's definitely, I, I would describe it, I do think it is PTSD. I really do. And that's where the law of attraction kind of comes in is there comes a point where you can say, I have these tools. I know how to help myself. Boris ain't going to help me. The NHS aren't going to help me. No one, no one is going to help me (laughs) like you. And that's why it's so amazing is you don't have to look for external forces to help you. You can actually help yourself and you can say, actually, from now I'm going to use the tools that I have at my disposable and I know how to use to help me get over this but but yeah it has had you know my first daughter I remember I just bonded with her so amazingly had such an amazing experience with her and I never had that with the babies I didn't bond with them for a really really long time I didn't understand how you could bond with two people at the same like two babies at the same it's very very difficult and that was 100% exacerbated by the fact that I was locked in a house by myself and, and a number of different factors. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, it, it's early days as well. And that's another, and that's why I'm so pleased, even though I'm sorry that, you know, to, that, that you know, you obviously it's, it's really hard for you. And, and I'm grateful that you've been able to express yourself um, and, and share the experience with us. But I'm just grateful actually that you're talking about it because, you know, there'd be a lot of mums who think, oh my gosh, they haven't even thought about it. The fact that, and now it'll mean something. Oh my gosh, it is. It's like fallout. This is the fallout now. Um, you know, and when, and, and as the months go by and the years go by, we're still going to get that fallout. And if hell, if we don't talk about it, I'm telling you now, no one else is in the system, you know. So um, I'm forever grateful. Thanks for bringing, you know, for being able to do just that and, and speak out about the fact that, you know, it probably is some kind of PTSD you know pt i can't even say it but ptsd yeah it's always difficult yeah i know thanks (laughs) oh but um you know i think i think for you as well so your the podcast that you do is incredibly successful obviously and um we all know that and you know it's it do you get as much out of it as your listeners do i know it sounds a cliche but sometimes things can get quite you know it's a job and then it gets quite uh, demanding and then you only see it in a certain way as in oh my gosh I've got to do this whether I like it or not but for you is it you know it, it it's like this is for Kelly and I it's our baby um do you get as much out of it as you want as well for yourself I mean I feel like no word of a lie it saved my life and I think the reason that it has been so successful is because it was my escape from my life, which was very, very grim. Like we just talked about lockdown, looking after two babies all day that felt like they were my neighbor's babies I was caring for. I didn't feel like they were mine at all. It took a long time. That That is living hell 
to be honest. And I used this podcast and my work to escape from it. And people would say to me all the time, how the hell have you got, you are breastfeeding two newborns and you've got a six-year-old and you're doing this. And it's like, well, the reality is they're asleep a lot of the time. I can't sit there and think about my life. I have to work, work, work. And, and doing this was so cathartic for so many people going through the lockdown, but it was also so cathartic for me. It literally saved my life. And it's been incredible and I'm so thankful for it. And it reminded me, you know, it keeps me accountable of all the things that I know. It keeps me accountable if I'm telling other people to do it, like take your own goddamn advice and do it yourself as well. So yeah, I absolutely love it. It is I'm so thankful that it's done so well. I hope that it continues to grow. And I hope, like, I get messages every day saying, oh, my God, this has changed my life and you'll never know how much. And that's what I do it for is I just hope that women that are all men, there's a lot of gay men that listen, a lot of people that listen to it, I hope that they take just one thing from it and that they apply it and they're consistent and that will change their lives. Because what what better reason is there to be on earth than to like positively impact people's lives? That's amazing. And, you know, years ago, I would be the typical, I've read The Secret, then I've got to tell every one of my friends and family about it. And to be honest, no one gave a shit. No one cared. I would preach the law of attraction to people I knew and no one cared. No one wanted to hear. So now I just preach it to strangers that do want to listen. And that is very, very uh, like empowering to be like, these are the people that are showing up they're doing the work. They're telling me how it's changed. And do you know what? If my nearest and dearest in my life, you know, my my own dad does not believe in it. He thinks it's a load of shit. Well, good for you, Clive. Like you live your life. <laughs> and I don't have to preach it to my family now because I've got, you know, 70,000 people a week that are listening to it. So that's that's all I need. There's a movement for it. I think it's it's becoming a bigger thing now and people are are looking at it in that way as well, which is great. And you're one of the advocates for that. So that's very important that you're leading the way in that um, uh, for everybody, really, I think, you know. It's been really lovely talking to you and sharing your some of the most sensitive, private things that have happened to you and that you're going through with us and our audience, our mums, well, that means a lot to us all. We really appreciate that because I think it's so important to be relatable and real and you've done that. You are that. So thank you. And just to let people know, it's not it's not all doom and gloom. Like you can, I was never diagnosed with post depression. I've never had any treatment or therapy for PTSD. But you know what? Through doing the law of attraction, I have truly got myself out of that and I look back on pictures of myself when I was in the depths of that and I look like I've been exhumed from a grave like I went down to about eight stone I was so skinny from just breastfeeding 12 hours a day I had bruises all over my body I looked like I was dying I genuinely looked like I was dying and I look at that compared to what I am now and how my life has transformed and that's all down to this self-development work if you put in the work if you if you are listening to this and you're thinking that's me. I'm in the trenches. Maybe I'm not bonding with my baby or I'm finding life incredibly overwhelming or I'm finding life so hard. You can take a moment and say, this is the day it changes. And, you know, you don't have to go to a fucking three-week retreat in Bali and, you know, transform yourself. You can do it in little changes at home that you can fit in around your children. So anyone can do it. Thank you to Kuka for sponsoring this episode. Their taps are great for saving energy as well as time whilst keeping little ones away from boiling hot water. The whole tank is heated by using just 10 watts of electricity, reducing water and power waste and saving busy mums like us time when making our morning cup of coffee and cooking the kids their dinner. For more information, visit kuka.co.uk, spelled Q-U-O-O-K-E-R. 